Hello, thanks for listening. It's back to the Adrian Bowe and Troy Malcolm podcast, episode number five with superstar agent of McGrath, Michael Coombs. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Exciting. Absolutely. And we're here at uh, the Coogee office again, so thanks for making the uh, the trip over. Um, look, the, the first thing with yourself, uh, Michael, a lot of people are going to be fascinated firstly by your average sale price and the way your business looks like. Um, so you're about a 30 deal a year type uh, agent um, and you're going to do a GCI and I don't say this to impress people but just to remind people of how achievable everything is you're going to go from last year 3 million GCI to about 4 million this year um, and your average sale price has gone from about 2 million to 8 million so just to give people a bit of a high level snapshot on what your business looks like um, in terms of that average sale price it deals easier or, or harder when you're dealing say on the lower end in your market to the higher in yeah, your opinion. Look, they, can, they can take a little bit longer, to be honest, because um, we're dealing with clients locally, um, nationally and out of area, so um, it can take a little bit longer. But look, everything's the same process, really. It's about, it's about understanding what the property's worth. It's about finding out, finding a buyer that's looking for something like that and matching the two together. So I'm, I'm a big believer on any property you sell, if with, especially with a buyer or vendor, you need to find out what people's needs are. Once you find out someone's needs, you can sell to them at, yes. at, any, at any price point. Um, I guess the higher end you get, you kind of get more cautious and more nervous. And over the years, I've realized that the higher you get in price, they're actually pretty savvy business people. And they just kind of don't want all the stuff in the middle. They want the facts and the points. Yes. Um, But yeah, I think either way, it's the same process. You just got to be a bit more cautious as you're getting higher in price. And what would you say to some listeners, Michael, that are out there that say their average sale price, whether they're in a regional area, it might be four, five hundred thousand, they want to go to one point two, or whether yep. they're in a metro area and they're at one point five but want to go to three million? Obviously, you made the transition. Yep. I assume the first step is one deciding, yep. and then what's number two look like in terms of making that that transition? Yeah, I think it's important too to focus on what's in your market. So if you're selling one point five, that's eighty percent of your market. You obviously don't want to jump. I mean, I, I, there was a. Yeah, it's a good point. There was a window in my market to do so because I thought it was lacking service and it was lacking um, agents that were going in really and taking control. So I guess the first thing is, uh, again, it, it's working what's best in your market. And if there's an opportunity to jump up in price and jump up in market share, then that's a, that's magnificent. Yes. Um, but just focus on that first because I find agents do go, okay, I want to sell a $5 million house. They put all their time into that and they, they miss out on the bread and butter. I think that that's, that's gold because a lot of agents might be saying, okay, well, yeah, you're right, 80% of your market might be one Point five sales, and then if they make that transition, they could encroach or worse, cannibalise their core market, mm. and suddenly they've tagged themselves or pigeonholed themselves mm. as a top end agent mm. when the volume is very low for high end properties. But it sounds like in your market, the, the volume A was there, B, there was obviously a void in, in quality agents doing it, and C, our brand obviously, you know, even though you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, the brand was on point to those high-end homes. Absolutely. The brand made it a lot easier. Um, and I guess one thing, too, with McGrath, too, you use a lot of people in the business. I know younger guys for me coming through, if they get in a big opportunity and a big property, I'll go in there with them, nurture them a little bit and give them a bit of exposure. So the best thing I've found within McGrath is you can work with people. You can use office sales, um, company sales, and make sure you're utilising the whole network. Keeping top of mind for your clientele, Michael, is something that I've always been very, very fond of um, and watched with a lot of um, a lot of joy because, like you said, they are quite savvy. 
They want facts. They want figures. Most of them are high-profile business people throughout Sydney. How do you stay top of mind with them? And what are some of the touch points that you do throughout a year to make sure you are the person of choice when they when it comes time to sell? Yeah, they're definitely people that don't want to be inundated with letterbox drops and DL cards or being rang every week. A lot of time I'll ask them when I meet them. I say, look, if, would you like me to keep you updated in the air? And how would you like me to do that? Are you happy if I send you my newsletter every month? Would you rather me just drop you in McGrath magazine? Um, would you like me to send you an SMS alert on a sale? So firstly, I find out what they want because they're all want different things for different reasons. Um, and, and then I kind of feed through that way. That's probably yeah. the best, finding out what they want and then communicating that, that way. I would also think there's a lot of deals that only happen by chance they find something better, which yeah. would be an off-market property or you may have to approach someone. Yeah. Can you run me through how that would look in your market? Say I've got a property, let's be really ambitious and say I'm fortunate enough to have a property worth $15 million, I yeah. wish, yeah. Um, and I will say to you, hey, Michael, listen, I would be a seller, but only if I can find the right home. What's your strategy then to connect the dots and say, right, I can find you a property and knowing in the background that yep. you're going to get that listing and yep. be the, the agent of choice for them when it comes time if you place them in the right property? Yeah, so that's probably one of our biggest tools. We have the, the hot hot sort of list for buyers and sellers and really nurture them. There's someone that we're in contact with all the time. We notify them if the other properties come on, usually before the other agent does, if it's another another agent's listing. And we do keep across them quite a bit. Um, that's a goldmine. The best thing you can do in this business is to... Spot, uh, sell to someone and then, then list their property. So um, that's something you really want to keep on top of. So you're becoming the agent of choice regardless whether it's your listing that's being sold or not. Correct. correct. So you'll always be remembered as, I bought it through such and such, but Michael was my real estate agent that took me there, my property professional that connected me with the property. Correct. It's a great strategy, Adrian, and I know that a lot of people overlook that, that they think if they miss out on a listing, not saying that Michael has, but if they're not the one that actually has the signboard or is marketing the property, they disregard that property. Similar to a thing uh, that Clint Smith has said to us in training, he works out of our Noosa office, he looks at it in his BDA when a listing comes up and maybe he's gone into pitch for it and he misses out on the opportunity. His number one priority when another agent or a competing agent has listed the home is to get the buyer to buy that home. Now, tongue-in-cheek way of Clint dealing with that is he always says, the sooner I can get a sold sticker on that signboard, the sooner settlement appears, the sooner the signboard's out of my BDA. <laughs> I love that strategy. And Michael, you've said something very similar in the fact that you want to become the agent of choice regardless of the property that you're connecting them with. And I think there's a lot of lessons there, not only for anyone that's wanting to jump up into a different price point um, and represent people that are somewhat more savvy, but also understand the necessity and the need of the client first and foremost, instead of just being transactional or saying, I'm going to get another deal done. Uh, it comes from a place of care, and it's very similar to our last episode that we spoke with Nick Smitsis, talking about authenticity, being humble, and being the agent of choice with dealing with authenticity. And I think, Michael, you tick all those boxes. Another question I had for you was, you sold properties uh, for a million dollars. You've yep. sold properties for well in excess of $20 million. Yep. Um, what's the difference in representing those homes? Is it a different mindset that you have approaching those deals or is it something that you go, right, here's the must-have, here's my essential marketing campaign and yep. this is the way that I'm going to deal with everyone? I guess what a must is, is the more exposure, the better. Like this day and age, the more profile I have, the more I'm getting out there, the more I'm exposing the property, the more interest I'm going to have in the property. So that's probably the number one. That doesn't really change. It just comes down how you're handling the buyers and handling the vendors. I guess in the upper end, the buyers want you to assist them and service them, like client service, where on the lower end, they just want to probably held hand a little bit longer and gone through the process. So the process changes probably with the both vendor and buyer. Um, but other than that, again, everything's the same. It's just a 
mental thing for a lot of people. That's terrific, Michael. So that's really given us a good snapshot in terms of what's the paradigm shift for the agent when they're wanting to increase their their uh, average sale price, uh, which I tapped on. And then Troy's obviously just asked, you know, what's the paradigm in terms of when you're dealing with the buyers at that end, which is terrific. So, and another one, uh, when we're, while we're talking of $20 million sales, it's been well publicised that yourself and Adrian Bridges have just sold a property in that uh, in that, that, that price point. Um, I don't know the actual price is confidential, but it's been well publicised. Um, and you talked a bit about using the brand and using colleagues, you know, to secure listings. I'd love to know what the what it will look like for that particular listing in terms of whose lead initially was it, what made you link arms and actually go to the listing together and did one plus one equal 25, you know, yeah. in that particular case. Yeah, look, it was a client I sold the property to a long time ago and then um, Adrian had been serviced them over the last couple of years as well. Um, and to be honest, we were both chasing the property and, and crossing over, but then there was an opportunity where the owner decided, yes, I'm definitely going to do something. And Adrian was kind of there at the time and got us in the door, which was good. And then we kind of both worked on the property together. Um, we did use the network very well, talking to Tracy Dixon and, and Brent Courtney and everyone else in the network. Um, so that's probably our biggest thing as well. The fact that I can meet a buyer or have a client that's got a $20 million budget, I'm not just going to sell the Mossman. I can go anywhere in Sydney, contact any one of my colleagues through McGrath Network, and that, that's a big benefit for us. That's excellent. I just love that, Michael. And, and you know, if you're fortunate enough to already work in the McGrath Network, then you've got all this IP that you can just tap into, which is incredible, and it's nationwide, and, and everyone is just amazing with their time and amazing with what they're prepared to share. And, you know, if you're not with McGrath and you're listening to this, you know, take something from it in terms of, you know what, no one owns clients. So, so Michael could have very easily said to Adrian, mate, I sold that property to this guy. Like, you know, it's, it's my client. You know, there's no way I want to share my commission. But, you know, it's it, it and it's just amazing the sort of publicity that that particular sale has achieved. There's zero acrimony between the two agents. Uh, it's a win-win scenario. More equals more. You know, and Troy and I are massive advocates of, um, you know, that abundance uh, attitude as opposed to the scarcity attitude. Or if you use the ARIC uh, terminologies, that sort of growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, which, uh, which uh, Peter spoke about at Eric so yeah is that something that you guys you know focused on Does it, is it a culture within your office Michael it's definitely a culture um, we right. try and live and breathe it to be honest it is the abundance mentality uh, it's better having a piece of the pie than no pie at all is how we always say it but look at the end of the day the more signboards we have up for our company the more people we have talking to people it benefits everyone benefits everyone we've actually sold full suburb records on the lower north shore um, and we're kind of stretching out and I'm sure we'll do a couple more records over the next six months. But definitely, we all work together and we all work, work as a team. Michael, to, to kind of summarise, um, I get an idea and an observation of working with you for, for a number of years now and, and obviously observing that um, your team structure and the way that you work, everyone has a specialised role. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so that, you know, referenced against your colleagues the office, the other groups, as in the Long North Shore, connecting with agents like Tracy Dixon and Brent Courtney, 
How do you see that working in the future? Because we see 2019, 2020 are going to be definitely the, the growth agents are going to have specialised teams and they're going to see that building momentum. I guess, you know, are you looking to build your team in the future? And this isn't an audition for your role either. <laughs> if there is one going, this is more of a question of how do you see it? Like if we could take a look into the, the crystal ball and, and think of what that looks like. I mean, you've already had phenomenal results. As you said, four suburb records, you're extending out, you're getting a bigger team, you're working in collaboration collaboration, not in isolation, yep. um, you're starting to see those results come through. What would be your wish list and, and how do you see that in the future? Um, for me, um, as Barry mentioned before, my sales were close to 50 to 60 year and they've dropped back because I'm doing a lot of high-end stuff and then now we've got a big chunk of that market share and then I'm trying to tap back into the lower end of the market. So I've got two junior guys below me and I'm prepping them and training them. They're going to be working with me as an agent. Um, but sort of supporting as well, and they're going to sort of cover that lower end of the market. So for me personally as a business, it's definitely growing, definitely add people into the business. It's a lot easier to work with other people in the team, and it's very powerful to be in under an agent that's been there a while and do your three, four, five years. I mean, sometimes people don't want to leave the team because they're doing well out of it and they've had so much support and training, um, but that's how I see the team. I think the super teams will take over. If you're running solo, then you might get left behind. That's... That's excellent, um, Michael. And certainly um, the, the fact that you've got these associate agents, are they actually listing in on their own right as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. See, this, listeners, is, is a huge point and a massive paradigm shift for me post Eric because I was always a believer that um, yeah, that I should train associate agents to prospect really well. Mm. And I think that encroached on my ability to actually teach them how to list before they taught them how to actually prospect. Because what we all talk about when we talk about GCI, Michael, is we also have to include burnout, we have to include customer experience, and we have to include the loss of opportunity. So there's no use saying we did 60 deals and wrote $5 million if you've burned out three times, opportunity slipped through the cracks galore, okay, Um, and and the customer service experience is only a 6 out of 10 as opposed to a 10 out of 10. So my observation of you, and we haven't even spoken about this, is that you've consolidated your your, your volume, but you've boosted massively the customer service experience, and because I've noticed on social that you go on a lot of lot of really nice holidays, right? Which is yeah. cool. So I think a lot of this comes from teaching your your associate agents how to list as well as prospect. Absolutely. So that's a massive paradigm shift for me, and it's something that I think we all need to look at. And that's where the super teams headed. Do you agree? And is that by design or default that that's happened? No, I definitely do agree. I definitely do agree. You've got to got to make sure I'm teaching and covering that in all areas. And I think this day and age, it's all about customer service. Everyone wants everything now. Now they're on the phone. Now they want like. Everything's now, now, now. So you've got to make sure you're ahead of your game. Even buyer inquiry responses, phone call responses, making sure you're calling people back on a Saturday, especially contract takers. So it's all now, now, now. So yes, you definitely have to make sure they're um, trained in all those areas. And I'd also say to the junior agents, it's also up to them. So I have a, a philosophy in my team, it's just no excuses. It's not up to me, it's not up to the company, it's not up to everything, it's up to the agent. And if the agent's not going away and listening to these podcasts all the time and they're not going away and meeting with more experienced agents or they're not going away, like I know my guys do go around the McGrath Network and meet other teams, that, that's beneficial. It's got to be up to the junior agent to actually step up and, and nurture themselves. That's excellent. So, and are you confident, uh, Michael, if you go on holidays for two weeks, that either one of your associate agents and or one of your senior co-agents, Adrian Bridges or yep. someone else, yep. can basically make you indisposable? 
and 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 do a, an effective job in your absence. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, okay. Well, that that to me, Troy, is exactly where this industry needs to go. Because I know if I had my time again, if someone asked me what would I do different, it would be you know what, teach someone at least before you teach them how to prospect. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that if I removed myself from the business mm-hmm. for two, three, four weeks. It affected a whole season for me yeah. because I wasn't listing, and therefore in sixty days I wasn't selling, and it just the whole cycle was quite encroached and cannibalised on. So that's something which I think should be a really important key takeaway from today. So either teach your associations how to list, and or team up with another really good senior agent who can cover for you, and 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 in your absence or in their absence, they can offer you the same courtesy in return. Perfect. Uh, guys, as we wrap up, that's gone fast. That's 17 minutes of just chit-chat. Um, but there's some really valuable insights into how to create not only a phenomenal brand, but how to be a good guy in the process and build a super team. Michael, thank you so much. If anyone wants to reach out to you, they can do that via email. Just Absolutely. simply yeah. michaelcoombs at mcgrath.com.au if they've got any questions. Because I know a lot of the questions we get is, um, I know that I have to get to a higher price bracket. I don't want to miss out on the opportunity that's currently in front of me. I'm selling other apartments, but I do have an attraction to represent more homes. Yeah. Um, that's a natural progression in some cases, yeah. but that's also a very hesitant step for a lot of agents that have been in the industry and had that consistency of results over a period of time. So it's hard for them to take that step. Guys, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Michael. Follow him on social media because, uh, as Adrian said, not only does he show some really good insights to his business, he shows some really good insights into his life and this business is all about connection uh adrian thanks again for checking in our adrian bow podcast coming to you live every fortnight this is episode five guys sending any questions or who's on your wish list for us to interview in the coming weeks because as i said we are meeting some amazing people not only within the mcgraw network but from around the grounds and uh if we can share some insights to help people get better that's the main aim of this episode and this podcast michael thanks again enjoy uh, what is uh the weekend just upon us this is a friday afternoon session so enjoy the weekend and adrian i'll see you again very shortly that's great and michael we really appreciate your time this will be a hard one to to beat uh but uh mate once again you're a terrific guy and an outstanding agent and uh, best of luck in fatherhood i believe that's approaching as well shortly wow amazing all right well we'll check in and hope all goes well for mia and yourself cheers